well, let's go to the next step. And that would be, you know, actually writing the eulogy. And for me, you know, I've started to think about how do you want to be remembered? What's your legacy? You know, I talk about standing out and being different. And there's going to be a purpose for it. Why stand out? Why be different? You know, what's that difference you're making in people's lives? So I thought, might as well reverse engineer it. And I think about everything like that, whether it's goals, whether it's your dreams, and definitely something big like how do you want to be remembered and what the people are saying about you. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. And in this show, we look at a dramatic exercise, writing your eulogy, which in essence is not merely writing out a goal or goals, but the goal you have for your life. And that is daunting, as you'll hear in the show. So I got the idea from Jesse Cole, who was my guest in show 603 and 605. But in the main show, 603, uh, you'll hear Jesse's the author of Find Your Yellow Tux and the guy who is reinventing baseball. But most importantly, he is giving joy to so, so many people. Please don't miss that show, 603. But in it, I started off citing what Jesse starts his book off with with, which is his eulogy. And it just impacted me so much so that I wrote my own and it was not easy, but so profound that I asked our Facebook group to write their eulogies and post them. And then I asked Jesse to come back and join me to talk through them. Well, we got a lot of responses, but they weren't all just eulogies. A lot of people just commented on the concept positively and negatively. What I came to from it was I believe it's just a profound exercise. You get to listen and decide for yourself. But I will give a premise. Check this out. In business, we give great focus to our brand, as we should. It's the image people have of our companies. It what makes them want to associate with us or not. And the deal is we have their are our efforts to create what we want our brand to be, right? We go to great lengths to say what our brand is, to craft it. But ultimately, we can't claim what our brand truly is. The marketplace is ultimately going to say what our brand is in truth. We work to influence them, but they have the final say. Okay, so same with our eulogies. One day, uh, a eulogy will be given for us at our funeral. What will people say? The deal is we have between now and then to influence what will be said, what will be testified as to what our life was about, what we were about in our lives. And just like a goal, the best way to hit our target is to decide now what we want it to be, then write it down, keep it before us. As of this recording, this is interesting, U.S. Senator John McCain died just days ago, and before his death, he requested that former presidents Barack Obama and George W. Bush deliver eulogies at his funeral. Those guys are going to testify to who they viewed John to be. It's a big deal, folks. What is going to be said at yours? We get to start crafting that now, but we've got to be intentional. So with that said, we're going to get right to it right after I share some great resources with you. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill 
bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Okay, folks. Well, here then I bring you Jesse Cole. And a quick note, we had a little audio issue at the front of the interview and my voice was a little louder than Jesse's for about five minutes. Now our production crew worked to level things out and we're able to, to really do a good job correcting it, I think, but still ask for your grace. If it's a little troublesome at the get go. And Hey, if you want to join these weekly discussions with us, find me and friend me in Facebook at agent K as in Kevin Miller, agent K Miller. I'd be honored to connect with you. And hey, if you want to pay some homage to Zig Ziglar and what he's done for your life, leave a review in iTunes for us. It really inspires our team, the Ziglar family, and it inspires others to check out the show and the message and the legacy that is Ziglar. All right. Well, here then we go with Jesse Cole talking about writing your eulogy. Okay, Jesse. Well, as, uh, as you and I think everybody knows, I've never done something like this before. We do our main shows with amazing guests like you. And then I do the Q and a shows usually with Tom Ziegler or, or my other co-host, Michelle Prince. I have not ever had someone where we, in the middle of the show, I just, I knew we had to talk about a certain thing and, uh, there's more topics than this that we could talk about, but you starting off your book, find your yellow tux with, uh, your eulogy, uh, as you know, just was profound to me. And I know we talked about it in the show and the original show was, uh, uh, number six Oh three folks. As you're listening to this, make sure you don't miss that. But I asked there, but I'll ask again that what was the impetus for you to, well, I would say start off your book with, with your eulogy, but what was that was, was writing the book. What made you think about it? Or had you done the eulogy before starting off on the book? And of all things, let's start the talk, you know, talk about death. I think that's a great. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. That's what wins friends and influences people right there. Definitely. A hundred percent. No, you know, actually, when I, I saw a TED talk, Ricardo Semlar, and uh, he's a person out of Brazil, a big business owner, entrepreneur. And he said how he goes to his deathbed. Now, he never wrote his eulogy, but he pictures every day, a couple of days a week, he pictures himself in his deathbed. Yeah. And I heard that. I thought that was so profound. And I said, well, let's go to the next step. And that would be, you know, actually writing the eulogy. And for me, you know, I've started to think about how do you want to be remembered? What's your legacy? You know, I talk about standing out and being different. And there's going to be a purpose for it. Why stand out? Why be different? You know, what's that difference you're making in people's lives? So I thought, might as well reverse engineer it. And I think about everything like that, whether it's goals, whether it's your dreams, definitely something big like how do you want to be remembered and what the people were saying about you. So it was a long time coming that I worked on this draft of how do you want to be remembered? And I was 32 years old when I wrote it, which is crazy. But uh, it's really helped me as I've kind of looked at uh, how I live my life every single day. Did you edit it since you wrote it the first time? I have it at this point. You know, again, the book came out just about six months ago. I started the draft about two years ago. Uh, I think it will continue to be edited as we move forward, as your dreams change and your perspective. As I mentioned, I have a three-month-old baby now. And I did mention about, you know, I knew that was on the way in the future. But, you know, you start to look things differently as you get older. And 
I'm excited to see it grow. But right now, it still fits really with what my goals and my dreams and my life are. Well, you mentioned reverse engineering. It just made me think of the deathbed regrets, which I think most people, I mean, there's books that talk about this and people who have mentioned it before with here, what are, and it's, it's actually a great exercise to do folks. If you haven't done that type in deathbed regrets, you'll come up with varying resources and it's incredibly profound to hear the things that people wish they had done or they regret doing. And I get, I think this is the reverse engineering of let's say before we get there, what are the things we want to do? Who are the people we want to be? Um, well, so again, I'm not going to go into folks, listen to show 603 to get the gist of, uh, of find your yellow tux of, uh, Jesse's message and his platform and what he's done. Uh, but right now I, I think it's page one, page two in the book. This is his eulogy that brought us to the point of doing the show today. It says Jesse Cole was the ultimate showman who entertained millions by bringing energy, enthusiasm, and enjoyment to everything he touched. A person who inspired millions to challenge the status quo, to be different, and to live the life of their dreams. A person who truly cared for others, was always there for anyone who would give them everything he had, and the most loving husband and father to his wife and kids. He devoted his life to them and made them happy. I mean, this is a Ziegler show. When you talk about goals, that's a massive goal that should help dictate every step and every decision that you make on a daily basis. And I'm assuming that that's what you've experienced. hundred percent. Well, I mean, just thinking in my given day, what am I doing to live up to that? You know, am I inspiring people? Am I bringing joy, happiness? Am I a showman? You know, with my wife and my kids, am I there for them? When people reach out to me. So I think about that and, you know, I'm not living my life, my dreams, what I'm trying to do if I'm not doing that. So again, it's a guiding light in what I'm trying to do and who I'm trying to be. Am I there yet? No, not even. I mean, that's the reality. Am, am I the most uh, caring, loving person in the world? No, but it's something I'm working towards. I'm probably better at the first part, the showman and trying to inspire because that's been my, my life for a while. But again, you know, you're, you're always, I heard a great quote from JJ Reddick. It's, you've never arrived, but you're always becoming. Mm. And I think that's, that's really what this eulogy is providing. It's who, I'm try, who I want to be and who I want to strive to be when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm gone. Well, so folks, as we talk about this subject and we're going to share some of, uh, so I did, I posted on Facebook asking people to write their eulogies and we're going to read through some of those. But first I started off to do my own and it was really daunting. Um, I probably read through yours so many times cause I it was so easy to get caught up in some of my roles. You know, these are the things that I do, or these are the initiatives that I want to do. And this is such of a, this is who I want to be. And even more so who I want people to experience me as it made me think of branding, you know, where we all say, okay, what's your company brand? And we'll, we'll say, this is what the brand is. But I had somebody teach me long ago that we can't say what our brand is, our customers, our clients, they will tell us what our brand truly is. We, we may see what say what we want it to be. And that's our job is to influence it to where they say that it lines up with what we think it is, but ultimately they do. Ultimately our eulogy, uh, other people are going to say at our funeral or whatnot, what we are. So to write that down was daunting and it's so easy. This is one of those things, Jesse, where you expect us to come through and go, okay, to write your eulogy, this is the structure you follow. And that was hard. Um, <laughs> well, we never, we never have practice doing it. I mean, I that's think- the thing. You never do something so big. So it's not supposed to be easy. And we talked about, you know, it's, it's tough. I'm so impressed by the people that actually went on Facebook and wrote that and put that out in public because it's an, un, it's the biggest form of accountability you could ever have. 
hey, this is what it's going to say. This is who I'm trying to be. That's scary. That is, is, and obviously that proved out that it was scary. And you know, I was going to read mine. I'm not going to read mine. If you care enough to listen to the rest of the show, you can hear, I'll read it last. Okay. (laughs) I'll read it last. But after yours and mine, I I will read this. Katie Schroeder. She says, these are moving me to tears. So powerful and motivating me to write my own. Thank you a million times for what an inspiration your podcast has been. Uh, that is the call out folks. That's the call to action is to take a little bit. Now you talked about it taking you a long time. I mean, I ultimately, cause I had to get ready for the show and I'm thinking oh, I'll probably rewrite it, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I took 30 minutes, if I took more than that, I don't know, but I wrote one and it's a, uh, for me, I thought, Hey, it's a place to start. I can revise it. And I would encourage folks to do that, that this is not a, it's not written in concrete. You can change it, sit down, give yourself a time limit, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever, get something down the thought process alone. Again, it's like, it's like goal setting for the first time. What goals you write down? That's great. But it's really just getting you to sit back and go, what am I aiming towards? And this is, again, Jesse, this is one of the most profound uh, goals to aim at. And I'll suggest less is more, too. I think, you know, a lot of people think they want to be this, 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 this. You can't be everything. You can't be everything to everyone. And that's why I was really focused on just doing a strong paragraph. And what could I touch? My business life and my personal and my family. And just try to touch that. That's, that's what was mattered. And that made it a lot easier. Instead of writing this, you know, you watch obituaries and eulogies. They could be one, oh two, gosh, three, yeah. four. And that, that's so much, you know, you can't live up to all that. Maybe if someone else says that about you, great, but focus on something that you can live up to. All right. Well, here, so let's, let's read through some. And again, we're going to read some through some of the eulogies that folks gave and just some of the responses in regards to the eulogy that were given. Those may be as telling as anything. So uh, Nate Scott, he says, uh, Nate Scott was the man that taught us to never quit through his encouragement and overflowing love for God and family. His passion for learning led him to achieve not only his goals, but inspire everyone that they were built for so much more. He served in the military, taught at schools and the community, always saying, if they expect you to fail, they will tell your story when you succeed. He knew everyone had potential and would always find a way uh, to bring it out of them. He will live on through all the lives he influenced, a husband and father who devoted his life to family, reflecting the love of his creator. That's beautiful. I think the never quit is so powerful. Everything he said, it's like he's helping people never quit and he's believing that. And that, that stood out. And I think, uh, you know, if you want to simplify it, it's like, you know, living that never quit lifestyle and teaching people to persevere and move on. I thought that was great. Well, and he, he did say after that, thank you, Jesse. You made me think outside the box a little. Uh, he liked the reverse engineering pod, uh, part, but the pot, the show we did and that he's referring to the original one with Jesse 603, uh, helped him focus on his goals and that there's something bigger than him. And success means nothing. If I'm the only one who benefits, um, that is great. I mean, that, that, that speaks to your fans first, right there, your fans first, your employees first message. Well, the thing is, do it. if you focus on yourself and make yourself the best you can be, you're helping others. Yeah. And I think people have a difficulty with selfishness versus selflessness. You can't mm. be unbelievably selfless until you actually are selfish. You need to focus on yourself. That's why starting yourself, you make yourself the best version of yourself, then you can take care of everyone else. And that sounds the inverted way of looking at it, but that's how I see it. I can't be my best self if I'm not focused on what I need to do to make myself happy and fulfilled. That is a great perspective to go at in looking at writing this. Uh, well, so John Chambers is next. He says, John gave God glory by knowing, growing, and using his gifts to cripple fear, spread love, 
and help those with a genuine interest achieve more than they thought was possible. In the process, he created a slice of heaven on earth for himself and those he touched directly and indirectly. It's interesting right off the bat. I mean, this is a, this is a relational exercise. Mm. Uh, well, and, and again, back to what you said and somebody just testified a minute ago, if we live the life and end up at the end of, we only served ourselves, we don't find purpose in that. And we, we know that when we talk about purpose in lives, that statistically that is where people find purpose. They want to have meaning in other people's lives. They want to have mattered to other people that they existed on this planet for the time they did. Uh, and again, that's your, that's your, that's your message. Ultimately, we talked about that in the show. They have a great lens. The first two we've heard and everyone that's written, it's, it's what's my impact on others. What is the person that I need to be to have a great impact on others? And I think that's what we're seeing through all of these. And it's, it's a great guideline. Giovanna Ellison, who I know, uh, amazing lady. She says, uh, Giovanna Ellison was absolutely the most sincere, warm, genuine, giving and loving, uh, people I know. She, her, her core values of integrity, truth, and generosity touched everything she did and said, even though God blessed her with great success, she never forgot her roots and treated everyone with so much love. She impacted countless lives with her ability to inspire transformation and change in others. Her life glorified God as she made it her personal mission to encourage, empower, and edify the people he placed in her path. That's just a standing ovation. Come on. That's uh, professional writers out here. I'm impressed by the the use of words. I mean, again, uh, I think great quote was whoever can say the most and the least amount of words wins Mm. uh, by Chad Rosenblum. I'll tell you, these few, they're saying a lot in a short period of words. Very impressive. Yeah. This is like a shark tank for eulogies, right? Uh, (laughs) Well, so here's, here's a, we got a handful next and I'm just going in in order how they came in of people who just responded. And I appreciate this D roots. She says, this is scary, Kevin exclamation point. And, And I include that just to go, it is. And what was curious to me is to ask the question, why is it scary? And I'll ask you to, to, to speak to that, Jesse, when we think about it, why is it scary? I mean, I did it myself. And when I, when I sat down, it just felt so weighty. I'm going to put verbiage to what I really want to do. I mean, just to think about that, it, it really, it, maybe it's one of the most massive accountability exercises ever. Because if I go to day to day, never speak in anything, I'm not held accountable for anything. The minute that I say, I mean, that we know that it's accountability one-on-one. Nobody's, you know, nobody says anything to you about, let's say your, you know, your weight gain. But then the minute you say, I, I'm going to, I'm going to lose 50 pounds and run a marathon in six months. You just spoke it. Now you're accountable to it. If you fail, you're going to feel ashamed to some degree. So it's better not to say it. So in here to write this out, to show your family, I would agree. That's scary. And you want to make it and everyone's making it so big. You know, people are afraid to make it so small. Like he lived a good life and was happy. Like no, (laughs) you know, no one's saying that. And they're saying something so big on really aspirational vision for themselves that obviously it's a scary thing because yeah, it's not easy to live up to, but that's what makes it great. And you know, maybe we don't hundred percent live up to it, but if we get close, that's pretty impressive. Well, I like that, that you just saying it's, it's big. How would it not be? Yeah. Who wants to say, I'm just going to write something mediocre because that's all the goals that I have. Well, those type of people, they aren't listening to the show to begin with or reading your book to begin with. So if you do, yeah, it, you're right. The gravity of it, that it has to be big, which is also great that, that, uh, 
you know, that's, that's classic Ziegler that so often we don't have big expectations for ourselves and yet put something like that, this in front of us, and we can't not have big mm-hmm. expectations for ourselves. Therefore, what are we going to do different today? You know, the next step to, I think about is I haven't done this, but Hey, you know, your spouse, your significant other, a family member, am I living up to this person right now? Hmm. Am I this person? And actually have an accountability partner in that because this is who I wanted to be. Am I a person? And tell them like, no, you know what? You're not hundred percent right now. What can I do to be better? Because maybe we might see it, but we don't know that we're not being that person. So that's the next step. I might think and say, Hey, you know, Emily, my wife, and just say, Hey, you know, what am I missing here? You know, am I living this every day? That might push us to the next level and getting there. That is, yeah, that, that is right. And I have not done that yet. Actually, nobody other than whoever saw it on Facebook has seen what I wrote. I didn't share it with my family yet. I wanted to do this show and talk through it some, and I'm so glad I have, because I love pulling out those, the points that we have already. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier, and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Well, well, here, Marvin, he just wrote, he knew God, he grew himself, he served others as only he could. That's very short, sweet, and uh, it's something. It's something. Uh, Trevor, he says, I did this after reading 
living forward. I don't know if that's a book. It's a fairly long and it's fairly long, but sharing it publicly does make me nervous. So, you know, let me, let me jump down here and read Dan Brandenburg. Who's a guy I know as well. He said, I thought this was an interesting question. However, either, even after putting some thought into it, I decided against answering. I see the power. I could not help but feeling that writing a personal eulogy seems a bit prideful and arrogant, at least in my face. Uh, Of course I might be off the market. Maybe neither of those, just my, just my thoughts. Uh, I, I thought about that. I contemplated that putting it out there. I mean, obviously you're going it, to, it's some of the sticking like Facebook. People talk about that. Oh, Facebook. That's only where people talk about, uh, talk about happy things. And I thought, you know, it's not totally fair. Facebook. The biggest thing that it is, it's a photograph album. I've never walked into somebody's house and opened a photograph album in their home. And they got Polaroids of tragedy and, and, and hate and, uh, the, the temper tantrum they threw or the rage they went into. We don't do that. Of course we show the good things. And in this writing your eulogy, of course, it's going to be positive. We're not going to aspire to anything more, but can there be a little infringement on ego there or a little inclusion? Well, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I completely understand the prideful and arrogant where he comes out. But I mean, again, I think that comes down to intent. You know, if, if your intent isn't to be prideful, it isn't to be arrogant, yeah. it's to be to help yourself through something. I don't think it's arrogant at all. I mean, you're literally just trying to live up to something and be a great person and make an impact. So, I mean, again, I can understand exactly where you're coming from, because if you write a big one, a big audacious one, it's like, wow, who was this? This person made a bigger impact than I've ever seen. This person's up. That sounds pretty arrogant. But if you're looking like, hey, this is just who I'm trying to be, the impact I'm trying to make in people's lives, the difference that I'm trying to make, um, it's more aspirational, hopefully, than it is arrogant, would be the goal of it. Yeah. Well, and again, for everyone listening, uh, we're not asking you to, this is not a public exercise to go, everybody, write your eulogy, post it on Facebook. If you want to do that, great. Uh, (laughs) But write your eulogy, I would say, first off. And it doesn't matter if you don't share it with anyone. You did it. That is, that's 95% of the benefit. I do like your idea though, Jesse, of sharing it with those closest to you. I could see doing that with my family, with my business partners, with my staff, uh, even investors. I mean, who, who does not want to know this? If you, if uh, maybe put it that way, wouldn't you love to know, wouldn't you have to like to have like a, a little thought bubble come up of everybody you run into for the first time and see what is this person about? Because I think the reality is most of us would have a blank bubble. We, we don't know. We've never said that. Of course, we want to be good people. But have we ever set that? Again, it's that destination. This goes back to the goal setting where Zig says, hey, if you shoot at nothing, you're sure to hit it. And that's how we live our lives. If we sit at the beginning of the day and decide what we need to get done, chances of getting it done are dramatically higher than if we don't. If you know everyone's dreams and who they want to be, then you can help them get there. And I think when you don't know that, there's nothing you can potentially do to help them get there. So, you know, I look at that and, and it's an accountability partner. It's the ability to help and care for someone else. But, you know, I, I share that with our staff here always, you know, what are your personal dreams? What are your personal goals? If I don't know what they are. I, it's hard for me to help you accomplish it. Same thing with it's crazy as a eulogy. It's like, hey, this is really who you are and who you want to be. Let me help you get there. This is some things we can talk about. I, I do like that idea. I mean, what a great exercise to have your family do and we do a, an, a yearly goal setting at New Year's time. But what a thing to include, or just to say, let's just do something different and write your life, your your personal persona, your goal for for you. Again, I, I don't. I, I'm sure that that it's been um, talked about elsewhere. It's definitely not something I would say in my lifetime of being involved involved in personal development. This is not mainstream. 
writing a goal, writing a something I want to do. But even that, Jesse, I mean, how often do we write when we look at goal setting, look at the world of it and say, here's a goal of who I want to be. I would say that's pretty lacking as well. 100%. And I think something that may help, we talked about how daunting this was and scary. <clears throat> you know, we talked about this at the beginning. It may be edited. You know, you get a reality, like if you're a young person, 25, 30 years old, or if you're 40 or 50, don't, this may not be the thing that you were going to want when you're 70 or 80, but where it is that you're now, where is that vision and dream now? And maybe that makes it a little easier. Cause I think, you know, I don't know exactly where I'm going to be in a place when I'm 75, 80 years old, but I know now and who I want to be and what that vision is. So maybe that makes it easier. Maybe, you know, you look in five, 10 years, is this still the same person or do I have another interest that have really driven me or my purpose? And, you know, I think purpose is a thing that, you know, can change. I know my purpose as a kid was a lot different than my purpose as an adult. Yeah. Oh my gosh. A absolutely. And well, you know, I, I'm going to read another one. Then I got another thought, Tim Dagley here, and I'm going to have to, uh, edit this to make sure it uh, doesn't infringe on our, on our safety uh, podcast list here. Uh, Tim Douglas says, here's my 32nd eulogy. If no one showed up to his funeral, I either outlet outlived everyone uh, that gave, gave two cares about me or really sucked it up in relationships. Or if the house is packed, the funeral is packed wall to wall, then I must've done something right. And the legacy is within their life stories to share on this day of celebration. And that was interesting to me, Jesse. I have a, a good friend. His father was a small town pastor and just one of those people, kind of a Zig Ziglar type guy who whoever was in front of them felt like they were the only thing on earth and that he, he cared. He died. There were well over a thousand people that showed up for his funeral and there were people who testified to great things. There were some pretty big name people that showed up and testified to what this one man had left in their life. And that has been daunting to me. I know a lot of people through the show. I'm known by a lot of people, but who would show up, take the effort to drive, to come to my funeral and testify of how I actually made life change. That it was honestly pretty humbling thought for me to have. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Would it be 10 people? Would it be a hundred? Would it be a thousand? I'm not sure, but I'm sure that I can begin today living a life that would create that reality. Or, or does it matter? You know, I think, well, if you could have a deep impact on five people, that true. was an unbelievable deep impact. And they spread that impact to thousands and thousands. You know, I think, uh, shall we get into this comparison trap? And I love the visual that he pictured a packed house. And I love thinking of a visual, what it looks like. Cause that's, that's again, inspirational that there's mm -hmm. so many people made a difference with, but you know, I think it's challenging to get into the thing. Is there a thousand, 2000, 5,000 people there? Um, you know, just think about the impact you're making. If, if you're doing that, everything else takes care of itself. Well, yeah. And when we talk about mattering to lives, I have been at funerals where there have been a lot of people there. I don't know that it was because the person who died really changed their lives. They knew them, they were paying their respects, but yeah, how much better to have two people show up who said my life changed for the better because of this person. Well, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you about this as we look at this, maybe we should, uh, our next thing is we're going to do a, we're going to do a paid webinar on how to write your eulogy, uh, <laughs> or, or how to utilize it. Well, but to some degree, I'm thinking about how amazing would it be to write this thing out folks to do this. This is again, you and you alone to do this thing. And yet then to talk with somebody, whether it's somebody that, you know, and, and, and are, you know, have a, have a good relationship with, or even if you took it to a counselor and said, I want to talk through this and understand the things that I can't see. And most of us, I mean, the most dangerous thing in our life is we don't know what we don't know. 
And we're not going to just know it on our own. We need to get outside help. And if we had somebody else help us and go through our eulogy and help us understand and discover what am I doing today to help this, help walk out this eulogy and maybe even more so, what am I doing today? And most, most days to hurt the ability that's really the one that I would be most curious of because I can quickly think about, okay, what can I do? What are the things I'm doing to help us? But the things that I'm doing to hurt it are probably the things, some of them at least, that I'm not aware of. And the things that hurt it will make a bigger impact on not being that yeah. more than a few things that you're doing to do that. So the things that, so think about that. I think that's a great way of looking at it. Talking to those people, what am I doing that's showing that I'm not this person? That's hurting this, that's going against this vision and getting that. And you're going to need some real... Uh, accountability there. That'll be tough for people to tell you. We'll go to findyouryellowtux.com slash help me, Jesse for 1999. He will help you <laughs> discern your eulogy. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm sure that the guy with the yellow tux, they'd be like, all right, this makes sense. I want him helping with the eulogy. Uh, again, it goes into my whole theme. It's fine. Your yellow tux. It's mm-hmm. what makes you stand out. This was a vision that worked for me. If it works for you, great. But anything that helps you get closer to your purpose, to making an impact, to making a difference is what I believe in. It could be writing a eulogy. It could be anything else, but that's what's worked for me. I, I, love, I do think this specifically is, is really powerful. And, you know, it's interesting. I asked you before the show if you've really talked on this much since you wrote the book. Granted, the book is, is pretty much brand new. I wouldn't be surprised if more came out of this. I actually hope this show spawns it. Um, you know what, literally, I, let me ask about that. If somebody has questions on this, I'm going to take the assumption that you would be happy to, to help those that you can. Where is a way for people to connect with you, Jesse? Is it Facebook? Is there a contact form on your website? If somebody, even if they want to just testify to uh, what this meant to them, that they can contact oh, you. It's, it's jesse at findyouryellowtux.com. And that's J-E-S-S-E. Reach out to me. A great lesson. When I was a young kid, 23 years old. I reached out to Mark Cuban. And within a couple hours, he wrote back to me and I was blown away. I just I was looking for guidance and help. And I've, I've always kept that mindset that anybody reaches out, I will gladly reach back. And that inspires me. So if you reach out to Jesse at Find Your Yellow Talks, I'll write back in any way I can help about you. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. Well, hey, let me read one more here. Uh, Avi Friedman, she says, uh, or, or he says, I'm sorry. He says, Avi was an amazing father and husband. He was passionate about spending quality time with all that, that knew him. And he lived his life empowering others. He spent his life helping others overcome obstacles and improve their health and well-being while working on his own spiritual growth. He always walked around with a smile and a positive word for others. Yeah, I, I want to be that guy too. I like the visual that walked around with a smile. When you start giving visuals about what it looks like, I think that really helps. Not just using you know, these aspirational words. I think that was excellent. I do too. It's, it comes back to that. I am a doer. I am admittedly, I just want to know what to do. Yada, yada, yada. Tell me this. Just what do I do next? And I'm eager to go do. And yet I want, I, I need to be, it's, that's what comes across to people. That's what my kids want. And we just be with us. My wife wants, I had an uncle, uh, a favorite uncle and his, uh, his quote often when you're with him, when you're leaving was he said, Kevin, thanks for being. And it just always stuck with me. And later in life, when I realized that I have, I have, I'm more prone to do than to be, uh, I started talking about that. My wife got a custom t-shirt made for me that says, thanks for being, uh, oh, I love that. Uh, I love- and that's what we're talking about here. Who, 
do we want to be? Jesse, again, I mean, I think to you, it was just a neat thing that was meaningful to put in your book, but I would put this on a, a Ziegler wall of fame of exercises that lend importance to your life. And again, folks, I'm going to challenge you, ask you, and you know, you're welcome to, if you're, if you're on Facebook, a lot of people come there and friend me, it's agent K Miller to come there and you can continue to post to this thread or, um, uh, you know, let us know if you've got questions on it, but just do it. Do it for yourself. Jesse, I'm going to revisit it. I'm going to put something. I may even put it in my calendar to revisit it because it is so big that I thought, I want to think through this. I want to read it again in, in a month, in two months, in a year. And, and literally, this may be the legacy, a legacy that you have left. One of them in my life is what, a, what an, an, an interesting thing to do every year, to revisit your eulogy and to say, one, do I want to revise it? Two, does it, am I living a life that's helping this happen or, or three, what are the things that I'm doing to hurt this process? hundred percent. Great idea. Well, Kevin, I'm learning from you, man, seeing you and the great community you guys have built. It's unbelievable to see a little bit of impact. And my word that I always focus on is in, inspire. And, uh, you know, you guys have inspired me more than, you know, so thank you. Well, it's an honor and thanks for sending it back in droves. Thanks for doing this and, uh, yeah, creating a legacy in my life. And I really hope folks that are listening, uh, that you sit down, you do it and pass on this show to other people, or at least just the concept and just make sure that you give Jesse credit, find your yellow tux. All right, brother. Thank you so much for being with us a third time, uh, for a third show. I think that's a record and it is well-deserved. Thanks Kevin. I appreciate you. Well, there you go, friends. Are you ready to write your eulogy? I really, really encourage you to do it. Uh, if you do and it's a good experience, please let us know. Leave our review in iTunes. It, again, really blesses us and helps others know the value they'll get from this show. Well, coming up next in show 607 is a discussion with Lisa Grimes. She's the author of Remember Who You Are. Lisa's focus is living life meaningfully and on purpose and being connected to other people. She spent 33 years in corporate America with roles in management, sales, and business development, multiple stints as CEO of large companies. But she's also been an entrepreneur. She spent a decade as a decorator, and she adopted a child who's deaf and mute after being told she couldn't have children, though during the adoption process, she ended up getting pregnant. She just has an incredible story, a lot to share, and a really big message. Well, till then, thank you for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.